This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Successive Ontario governments have promised to fix, but instead has just been getting worse. I'm talking about excessively high auto insurance rates. Report after report has concluded that drivers in this province are overpaying. Back a few years, the NDP supported a liberal minority government on condition that it would reduce premiums by 15% by the summer of 2015. When that did not happen, Kathleen Wynne famously called it a stretch goal. The Ford government campaigned on lowering rates, but the regulator just this week approved another increase, the ninth consecutive increase, which means rates are now 20% higher than they were in 2017. A new report for the Ontario Trial Lawyers Association has put a figure on it. It says Ontario drivers have been overpaying by billions of dollars, between 7.6 and 12.7 billion, to be exact, according to their calculation. And the reason, they say, is lax oversight of the insurance industry. Let me give the numbers out. I want to hear from you about the increases in your premiums or whatever you have to say about this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, I would like to go to Alan Weinperl, the president of the Ontario Trial Lawyers Association. Hi, Alan. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So uh, the the findings in this report basically confirm what some previous reports have shown, correct? Absolutely. But uh, the extent to which the uh, the insurers are profiting has, has increased over time. Uh-huh. And why is that? Well, it's it's hard to explain uh, exactly why we're being allowed to have this happen. But uh, you know, the Liberal government tried to cut the product uh, seventeen times over eight years, uh, reduce benefits for every injured person in the province of Ontario, uh, and yet uh, their their prices are still going up. As you said in your introduction, premiums have gone up, uh, being approved twenty percent over the last three years. And uh, it, it really defies explanation as to why this has happened. That's why we retain Dr. Lazar, and, and he finds that insurance companies' are, profits are, are as good as they've ever been, if not better. And uh, interesting other findings. Please explain that they make more, the top 10 insurers make more in Ontario than in the rest of the country combined? Yeah, so the top 10 insurers in Ontario, just so everybody understands, uh, take in 80% of the premium dollars. And uh, in Ontario, every year, uh, motorists are paying uh, $13 billion for auto insurance. So there's a lot of money involved here. And, and the, Dr. Lazar has found that the rates of return that uh, auto insurers in the province of Ontario are getting are greater than the rest of their businesses throughout the country. It's, it's an amazing finding. It really means that uh, uh, all of us are propping up the insurance industry around the country, not just in, in our home province of Ontario. And uh, is the problem that the insurance regulator is independent? Uh, why are they so lax? 
Well, look, I, I don't want to speak for the regulator. It, 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 the bottom line is what we've seen is the government continues to reduce the amount that everybody gets in Ontario who is injured. So if you are hurt by a drunk driver, you get less than you used to. So texting and driving, you still get less than what you used to. If you're spinal cord injured, you get less. If you're, if you're a lesser, you know, not as seriously injured, you get less. Everybody's getting less than what they used to. So it defies explanation, and, and it defies common sense, quite frankly, and, and that's why we hired Dr. Lazar. I, I, I cannot speak for the regulator. The, the regulator obviously can speak for themselves, but, but why, why do we have this situation which doesn't make common sense? Really, there needs to be greater transparency. That's the bottom line. The public needs to know how much these insurance companies are making, why they're asking for increases, or why they're asking for benefits to be reduced in the product with audited financial statements that are publicly available which show here's how much we're making in Ontario at all times. It, otherwise, it's simply unfair. We just keep paying more and getting less. Let me ask you another question. So one of the issues seems to be uh, legal fees, and you're with the Trial Lawyers Association, and, you know, we are deluged by ads from personal injury lawyers. And the fact is, when someone is in a serious accident, the first thing that happens is that they have to fight their own insurance company. Right. And and by the way, for, for those things, the deductible is... Crazy! It's what? What is a thirty-seven thousand dollar deductible? Well, actually, Libby, it's gone up because oh. it's indexed to inflation, so it's just under forty thousand uh, dollars deductible. So, if if you're injured in an accident in Ontario and you have pain and suffering damages, which means, by the way, that you have injuries which will last a lifetime, which are going to uh, interfere at minimum with your ability to work, your ability to do things with your family, and and they're never going to go away you are subject to a $40,000 deductible right off the top. And that's just going back to the insurance companies. So, again, drunk driver hits you, go, the $40,000 comes off of your claim as the injured person. Texting and driving, they hit you, you're still subject to the $40,000 deductible. And it, and it, and it really isn't, uh, it isn't a fair situation, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Alan? Hold on, we're going to bring a couple of other uh, voices into this very important conversation. And people, we are going to get to your calls because we really have to delve into this. I'd like to bring in Pete Karagiorgis. He's uh, the Director of Consumer and Industry Relations at the Insurance Bureau of Canada. So you represent the insurance. Do you agree that uh, drivers are overpaying? Well, you have to look at it this way. Uh, like any business, your costs are going to drive your price. And so the prices that we're paying in Ontario, are they high? Yes. Um, they're not the highest in the country. Well, BC. But, well, BC is higher than ours, and, and they've got a different system. And the lawyers, like they're upset here in Ontario, they're upset now with the BC government because they're trying to rein in their costs. So it seems the lawyers are never happy when it comes to insurance. I think the focus needs to be on consumers, people like you and I who are injured. And so let's also be honest and straightforward with people. And, and that's the problem that this report that the hired gun professor from York University on behalf of the trial lawyers has come out to he's say. He's a pretty well-known economist. Well, I don't... I, no, he, let me, let me yeah. challenge you on that, Libby, because he actually presented, the, the trial lawyers in Newfoundland called on him to produce a similar report 
to the Public Utilities Board, and he actually spoke uh, to the board when there was questioning going back and forth. One of those questions was asked, and when you look at the report, there's there's big, big question marks that remain. One is that, why are you looking at a report that mentions the fact that they only consider companies that made money? There are companies out there that lose money. You know, this is the same thing as saying, the Toronto Maple Leafs are, you know, leading their division and are going to be in the playoffs because we're not ignoring, we're going to ignore their losses. You can't ignore the losses. You got to look at the whole picture if you want to be transparent and honest with people. And in Newfoundland, you know, Dr. Lazar's testimony, he was asked why that the, um, uh, the losses, annual losses weren't reflected in his report. Similar report to this. And, and that was the question. It's, it's put to him. His response was, I just ignored them. I was asked to redo this, taking those into account. So we can't cherry pick. We have to look at all the insurance companies. We have to look at the entire situation. And when you do that and create an honest picture, the facts that speak for themselves are insurance companies are making money. They're a business. They're not making anywhere near what this is being I'm, I'm going reported. to let uh, Mr. Weinperl respond. Well, Libby, I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't really know about uh, Newfoundland insurance. Um, you know, my friend is talking about something which has nothing to do with Ontario. Uh, what we tried to do no, was we're talking we, tried about... to look at, we tried to look at the top 10 insurance companies who write 80% of the premium dollars in Ontario, and they're making money. They're making real money, more than what they ought to be, and that's what Dr. Lazar's findings are. So if my friend wants to talk about something that happened in Newfoundland, which has nothing to do with Ontario, he can go ahead and do that. But it's not going to help people understand the situation better. If insurance companies actually want to understand, help us understand things better, open up the books, show us the profits, show us the cost, and then the public will understand it better. And we can take it from there. We can, we can all critique that. Uh, once we have all of the information. He's welcome to do that on behalf of the insurers at any time. Okay, I want to bring in Tom Rakusevic. He is the NDP auto insurance. If, if, I, if I can just reply to that, Libby, uh, for can, a second. Can, can we do this uh, first? Uh, well, I'll get... I, as long as we have the opportunity to get back Absolutely. to that, because I think the listeners need to know what the real facts are. And I don't think my friend, nor is Mr. Lazar, being honest about that. And so I think it's important to be credible and, and know that there are there is government data through the regulator answers those questions. And they're we will it. we will get to it all. Um, MPP Tom Rakusevic. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Libby. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Hello, Alan. Hello, Pete. Um, now, you're recommending that the profits of insurance companies be limited. So I was really proud to work with Professor Lazar earlier last year uh, in putting forth one of two NDP opposition bills about auto insurance. The first one, um, which I supported, had to do with what we call postal code prejudice, whereby certain communities within Ontario, Brampton, Humber River, Black Creek, where I live, Scarborough, and a number of others are way overpaying. And the second, the one that I authored with Professor Lazar, did three things. It talked about modernizing operating costs. It talked about limiting the return on equity that these companies have, which are set at 11%. We wanted it dropped to a more reasonable 7%. And of course, more transparency, opening the books and letting the public know. I hear almost every day from people disappointed in the auto insurance industry and their rates. And the fact is, this government and the liberal government prior have allowed these insurers to charge whatever they want nine consecutive increases. We're paying 20% higher than even in 2017. Just like you mentioned earlier, 
Um, the Liberals promised to reduce rates by 15%. They called it a stretch goal. This premier campaigned on lowering rates. We just see them go up and up. It's an issue. Ask anybody and they'll tell you they're being gouged, not auto insurance. Okay, well, those are uh, those are the facts on the face of it. I'd like to get to some of our callers before we go back to our experts. We've got Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Well, you know, these guys have to be the biggest bunch of losers you ever want to meet. I, w- I wouldn't invest a dime in them, but uh, somehow... Who the, the rates keep going up and up and up, and the benefits are continually being reduced, and that that's a fact. Oh yeah, that's everybody. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Well, I actually have a personal experience with my nephew. Was involved in the backseat of a car in an accident. Um, he's twenty years old. He lost all his front teeth. He had oh. two uh, vertebrae in his back, like basically a broken back. Uh, a year later, he's essentially got nothing from the insurance company. And so, did he have... Uh, did... A, a, a shame on them. What I really think they should do is all these podcasts, all these uh, consultants that you have on there, they should bring in American competition, bring it in here and let people, you know, put it on Amazon. And I'll go and I'll point and I'll click and I'll buy the insurance that I want because these clowns, they're, they're the old podcasts sitting there living on their 4%. You're talking about the insurance companies, but let me ask you this, Bill. Did your nephew have to go to court, take his insurance company to court? It hasn't gone. He's got a lawyer. He he lives in Aurelia. He's got a lawyer here in Toronto. The lawyer's done nothing for him. He lost all his front teeth. And all they did was they gave him these, like, like they call them a flipper. You just put them in and they look like teeth. You can't use them to eat. Like, if you're involved in an accident and you're paying insurance, shouldn't they do proper dental and, you know, uh, put implants in or, you know, posts and do all that stuff? They did nothing for the kid. And the kid is a laborer. That's what he does. You know, God bless him. And he can't work. So he's sitting there. He's destitute. The insurance is doing nothing for him. And these guys up their rates every Every time. Last year, my rates went up 10%, and I'm expecting them to go up 10% again this year. Uh, Bill, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask a few questions about that, but I'm afraid I hear too many stories like that. Thanks for your call. Okay. Um, Pete? Uh, well, it's, it, obviously, every, every, uh, every claim, every injury is, uh, is, is heartbreaking for, for those people involved. And it's heartbreaking just to hear it. But, you know, the system uh, typically does work and respond. Um, and, and just to go back to a point, one of the points he did raise was talking about choice. And I think that's one of the concerns that, you know, everyone agrees there needs to be more choice in the system so people can purchase coverages that meet their needs. However, one of the points that I wanted to get back to uh, before the break, you'd said uh, we could, was the fact uh, that there are uh, not you know, the, the, the accusation, uh, Lazar states that insurers don't report their ROEs associated with Ontario That's auto insurance. That's report on... Yes. And, and, and again, um, there was, uh, uh, there's a professor at, at the University of uh, Wilfrid Laurier, uh, Mary Kelly, who uh, is the chair of the insurance practice there. She's also uh, uh, a PhD and um, she has 
reviewed Dr. Lazar's reports and uh, or Professor Lazar's reports, and she also highlights that Giza does, in fact, and and my friend from the the legal That's community. That's a website. So knows you're saying Giza that is the general insurance statistical agency. They're a body that uh, accumulates all the insurer data across all of Canada. So Giza does, in fact, report on ROE uh, for auto insurance, uh, including profits and losses. And when you look at their data. When you look at the numbers for all insurance companies, not just the companies who are making money, but the companies that are losing money as well, the ROE numbers are nowhere near what you know Professor Lazar says they are. For example, in 2018, it was 10.1%, 7.6% in 2017, 6.6% in 2016. And when we talk about the premiums going up and people not getting anything, premiums have actually, in the last five years, increased earned premiums for insurance companies based on the Giza data shows 6.8%. Yet there are 10.2% more vehicles and claims have also, the payouts and and the number of claims, claims have gone out and payouts have gone out. So the claims making being made about cuts don't add up. Um, I don't know. That's Well, we we agree that they don't add up. And so the insurers really should open up their books and and let them them see for themselves. Okay, wait a minute. I'd like to get to, uh, rather than getting into an argument about where these numbers are or are not, I'd like to talk about the concerns that people have, that drivers have. Now, Alan Weinpearl... You heard our caller say, do you have a suggestion for making it easier for people who are victims of crashes, and I don't call them accidents, uh, to, who don't have to go through this? Is, is there a saner way of getting this done? Well, you know, you know, it would be it would be great if our auto insurance worked a little bit more like our group insurance that we have maybe through work and, and those types of things. You know, when we make a dental claim through our, our group insurance, uh, we don't have to hire a lawyer to, to deal with that claim and we don't get assessed by the insurance company's doctors and, and so on. If, if our doctors say it's necessary, then we get the coverage if the coverage is available under the policy. Uh, you know, we don't have that in auto insurance. We have a system which is set up basically from the beginning to create disputes, and and those disputes force people to lawyers. Uh, so the Ontario Trial Lawyers Association has tried to make some suggestions around the idea of of reducing those conflicts between the insurance company and their own insured who get injured in policies, uh, sorry, in, in car accidents, and and that would help uh, tremendously with the with the red tape uh, that everybody is suffering when they when they get into a car accident. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's very difficult for people. MPP Tom Rakasevic, do you have thoughts on that aspect of things? Look, I just well, I want to mention that the story we heard about the gentleman's nephew is heartbreaking, and again, I hear this often. Um, we know that. Under the previous government, benefits were slashed over and over again. We were told that this would reduce premiums. We know that we have some of the lowest claims per capita in the country, yet we pay some of the highest rates, and that it's consistently the same story. When people are injured, um, they have to fight tooth and nail to get what they've been paying year after year, what their premiums are for, to be paid back um, to deal with the suffering and to get on with their lives. And they're always having to fight tooth and nail. And what we had with the previous Liberal government and with this current government that they take the shots from the industry. The industry, the insurance industry will call them and tell them, look, this is what you have to do. And we always see capitulation. Um, even most recently, and this is something I brought up before, they're even looking at putting new risk classifications on the table, things like 
having your um, personal credit be part of one of the risk factors. So imagine if you're a young driver, you're already paying a huge amount because you don't have the driving experience, and now they're going to look at your credit history to make another determination. So it's, it's disturbing, and I think drivers in Ontario and across this country deserve respect. And it's very disturbing to hear that Fred Lazar's um, report shows that Ontario drivers are subsidizing the insurance industry across the country. It's got to stop. We and, deserve and, respect. You know, there's, there's one interesting thing. This is from personal experience. So the, the claim amounts are being reduced. And I know that my insurance broker, uh, you know, on top of the increases on what you would have originally had, he said, you know what? you really better buy a top-up on this insurance because it's been reduced. And if anything happens, you are not going to be covered for enough. And, you know, frankly, my husband and I, we can afford it. But it's 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 annoying that we have to pay more to get even what we were covered for in the past. Absolutely. And, and that's, yep. that, that's a great point uh, that the, this current government has actually addressed. And I think this is something that we all need to take note of is, is the fact that they want us to focus on helping people get the care they need, not cash. It's about helping people recover from their crashes and treating them as quickly as possible so they do get that coverage, that care, so that we don't have stories of what we heard earlier in terms of someone still waiting for treatments. And so that is the ideal situation that I think everyone wants to get to. We want to get rid of uh, all the uh, the friction, uh, the need for lawyers, the disputes in the system. And how are we going to do that? I think this structure of developing a system based on getting people the care they need, not the cash just as this Ford government has said, uh, is a great idea, one that uh, from all sides makes sense. Care, care costs cash. I know people, some with catastrophic injuries, and they need lots of, I mean, just physiotherapy. They can't get it. Well, and, and that's that's why we need to look at changing the system. And, and you know, your health benefits through work, there are caps there. And, and that's why you can't dispute it, because you know going in that a pair of eyeglasses, if you need them, you're only going to be covered for X amount of dollars or dental work, whatever the percent is. It, it's different in auto insurance. Unfortunately, we don't know that it's just, you know, a pair of eyeglasses we need. We may need, as, as we heard earlier, a lot of dental work or other sorts of treatments and, and, uh, and support following a collision. Let's focus on the care. Let's focus on getting people the help they need rather than the cash situation and cashing out on claims. That's the lawyer advertising misleads people to believe that if you've been involved in a collision, that it's a payday. It's like winning the lottery. That's not the case. And so uh, let's let's be fair and honest. Yeah, Libby, the reason why most people come to my office to get my help is because they have been denied a benefit from their insurance company. Usually rehabilitation coverage is denied at some point, and that's what brings them into my office. It's not some promise of some big payday or anything like that. Uh, Pete is way off base. They come because they are being denied reasonable coverage or they're being put through the ringer by their insurance company, having to go to multiple assessments just to uh, prove the necessity for simple things like physiotherapy or other physical therapies uh, that they require. It, it, the system is set up for conflict. Okay, and, and, you know, I have to say this, uh, that I have some, some friends, very nice people. They make very good livings representing insurance companies. 
in 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 all of those kinds of well, disputes. And, and I think and, and and again, my friend here has has raised some valid points too because we need to change uh, the way we think about this. And as a consumer, I want to know that if I've been injured, if a family member's been injured, if anyone's been injured from a collision. They should be getting the care that they need. And again, reducing the friction, uh, making things simpler so that people can navigate the system on their own. There is no doubt that that should be done. That should be the case. And, and we all need to work towards it. So how do we get there? Okay, let's take a call from Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Libby. Um, my insurance goes up every year, even though I haven't had an accident in 20 years. Now, I try to do what everybody recommends, go look at other insurers. I, when I did, they told me, you're going to start at zero, and you're going to have to work your way up to, I don't know if it's six points or ten points. Um, and then when you go back to the insurance company and say, hey, this is too high considering, uh, they'll say, well, how about reducing this? How about reducing that? You can't reduce those things. I mean, you've got to have the liability to cover just in case, catastrophic injuries. Um, sure, if the car was uh, an old clunker, yeah, you don't want to pay a fortune to have it repaired. Um, but when the car, <laughs> my last car I kept for 15 years and it was still running. So uh, I can't understand uh, why I have to start at point zero. The other thing is, I don't know how... Um, what you just mentioned about somebody's credit rating, how does that fit in? That's not part of, you know, like a credit rating should be looked at when you're buying the insurance, but not whether or not you should be covered. When you're buying the car. Helen, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. How do we fix this? It really is a problem for drivers. I'm on the line with MPP Tom Rakasevic, who is uh, the NDP critic for auto insurance, and Alan Weinperl with the Ontario Trial Lawyers Association. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Alan, one of the things that we've heard about for years, that a, a big bottleneck in the system that costs a lot of money is fraud. W what do you say about the role of fraud in the fact that we're overpaying? Listen, we encourage insurance companies uh, and uh, the government to to work uh, to get rid of fraud in the system. There's no place for that in, in our system. And, and we've worked with the government over the years uh, to provide our suggestions on how that can be done. I know the government has followed up with some of those things. The truth of the matter is in, the insurance industry talks about numbers related to fraud. The reality is... There's no good foundation to know how much that is involved. But the bottom line is 1% is too much. Um, and we encourage the government to continue to work with the insurance industry um, to weed out uh, that problem to the extent that it exists. Okay. Uh, are you saying that fraud is used as an excuse, maybe? Well, you know, look... Uh, it's certainly one of the things that's called out every time we talk about insurance companies' profits. It, ha it, it does happen. Uh, whether you call it an excuse, uh, they'll say something else about it. But the bottom line is, again, 1% is too much. And, and I, like I said, I, I'm happy to work with the insurance industry and, and the government um, to even find different solutions to that issue. Because, again, any little bit is too much. It hurts everybody. There's no doubt about that. So we want uh, no part of that, and we are happy to help 
um, with finding solutions to those problems. How much do you say fraud is, Pete? Well, the the uh, average policy, I believe, is uh, 200 and some odd dollars per policy. It's been quoted to be a billion dollars a year. Um, and again, the problem is finding a hard figure. Um, fraudsters don't put up their hands and say, yes, I'm defrauding you. Uh, so in addition to you know the sort of the fraud that exists, it's the ancillary costs as well. It ties up our courts. It ties up law enforcement. Um, there are challenges uh, that adds to the cost there. Um, so overall, um, that number is probably still fairly accurate when you look at all the costs involved. And, and I'm glad to hear that uh, uh, that there's support for eliminating that. You know, again, fraud takes away from those people who have legitimate claims. And let's address those claims and help those people recover um, and, and do the best that we can for them. Okay, let's hear from Susan in Tottenham. Hi, Susan. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, my daughter, um, she was involved in a car accident. Um, she a university student. And she was actually on her way home late in the evening from a job, and she was hit by a drunk driver. Now, um, we contacted... Um, How is she insurance. doing? Um, she's struggling. She's in um, her fourth year university. Um, she, she won't be using her degree because her brain, um, she doesn't retain information. She has um, very little, she doesn't remember things. Her, she's had very bad concussion, and we're dealing with lawyers. Now, I'm sorry, to, I'm so sorry. I, I can, it, it must be heartbreaking. It is because she actually is um, a miracle child. She survived when she was a child um, from a very bad heart condition, and she's come a long way and now she's got a big setback so now we're going through lawyers and it's just really the first year we're dealing with them we're trying to get through this she's so busy trying to finish school she doesn't have time she wants to go for treatment it's really hard to fit all of this in and she's struggling and she's 22 and she knows everything and it's really hard on all of us and what, she can't what, get nowhere. What would you, why are you with lawyers? Because she can't collect her insurance? Um, we were collecting. And now they were, because we had, she, we drew, we, we had to um, drain our own private insurance, which that's the policy now, the way it runs. Drain our insurance, then go into auto insurance, which we were doing. But the problem was, is that, we wanted to recoup because we just bought her a new car. And because of the book value, we lost so much money. There was a lot of issues. And because of everything that whatever she had to deal with, she's put out so much of her own money, which had to pay for her schooling. We're, we were trying to recoup. Now she's like, we, she won't have a future. Her future, what she was going to do, is going to be lost. We don't know the outcome. So now I'm looking for future costs. Because what is she going to do? She had a plan for her future. Well, the drunk driver took her plan. So now I can't go after them until we go after the insurance company. And this is what they've told me. I would have went directly after him, but we can't. So the whole process of auto insurance in Ontario sucks, does not protect, doesn't protect the victims. And 
I just think it needs to change. It needs a whole new revamp. Susan, uh, uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your story. I'm going to uh, ask uh, our experts for a reaction to that. Alan Weinpearl? You know, I, I never get people coming in to see me because they want to see me. It is because they have to come and see me. They have been denied benefits, which they're entitled to under their policy. Um, you know, nobody comes to my office and says, wow, we're having a really good time. They, they come because they're in distress, like your caller. Um, you know, family members in terrible distress because their loved ones can't get the treatment that they need in a timely manner. And then uh, all sorts of things develop from that. You know, if you are sitting at home and you can't get your treatment in a timely manner, then it starts to affect your mood and it affects your whole life. And that's when people come to see lawyers like myself. Again, they don't, they don't come because they, uh, they think this is going to be fun. It is never fun. It is done because you have to. Uh, that's the bottom line. MPP, uh, Tom Rakasevic, what is the solution for this? Well, so first off, um, this government is just taking over where the last one before, which is to continue to reduce benefits, to listen to these insurance companies that are fighting tooth and nail not to pay out claims, but then turning around and raising premiums. Um, We have a solution to reduce premiums. We have a solution to bring more transparency to the industry, to open up the books, um, it was a private member's bill that this conservative government voted down, and it was something that would have modernized the industry. It would have brought their return on equity under control. It would have opened the books. It would have brought more transparency to see exactly what these companies were doing, and we're not seeing any of this. It's absolutely heartbreaking to hear this story. It's a very common one of people facing traumatic, catastrophic, life-changing injuries and having to be forced to fight. Um, when their lives are, in many cases, just literally dancing on, on a wire, it's just terrible, terrible stories to hear. I hear them very often, and it's got to stop. People have lost confidence in, in the industry, in the insurers, and in the government that are allowing them to charge, raise premiums, and continue to deny claims, and it has to stop. Drivers deserve respect. You know, as, as a parent, uh, my heart breaks when I hear stories like that. It's, it's challenging. We want what's best for our kids, and we do the, as whatever we can to support them. And, and when those situations happen, especially when you're dealing with a drunk driver, and I, I'm sure uh, my, my legal friend on the other side uh, will have some comments to talk about in terms of long term, uh, why perhaps the system is the way it is to, to, to help quantify what her future is going to look like in an approach because you can't do that on a short level you have to look at on the longer term and that's going to take some time and that's why unfortunately um, courts are busy and and uh, there is some merit to that and uh, the system does need to primarily focus on people's uh, medical needs and recovery needs uh, you know i i I was in the same situation as as a university student second year. I was I was taken out by a car that took hit me on the sidewalk. I was on the sidewalk and and so I was blessed and fortunate. You see what's going on in the roads today in terms of the fatalities and and injuries and such and those are those are pedestrians and and then you know to be in a car and hit by a drunk driver it's it's heartbreaking but we need to create a system as I said before that's going to focus on getting people the care they need uh and then after the fact is that you're going to look at long term as is what might be some of those issues uh, and how might you quantify that uh to advance a claim 
Okay, we are um, starting to run out of time. Alan Weinperl, what would you like to leave us with? You know, Pete, the, the difference is, though, when you got hurt, there was a much better benefit system available for, for injured people. Now people get less. Actually, and, we're actually, paying, Alan, and we're paying more. I I've, mean, how is it that we are, are getting less and paying more a decade later? It, it, it just defies common sense. The, when, when I was hurt, it was before No Fault came in from the, well, the great government, so I really had to fight back then because there was no benefits available. It all had to go through a lawyer. Okay. Again, most people are are paying more and getting less now. Okay. Tom Rakasevic? Just a few seconds, please. Sure. Conservative government taking where the Liberals left off. They're putting insurers in the driver's seat, not Ontario drivers. We deserve respect. We're getting less benefits, having to fight auto insurance companies when we're injured, and yet rates keep going up. Drivers deserve respect. It's got to stop. Pete, 20 seconds. Um, again, you know, those are tired uh, expressions and, and phrases, and, and each political party has had their opportunity to fix the system. I think we all need to be committed together to improve the system for uh, Ontario's motorists and, and focusing on something, as I say it again, the care not cash approach, the mentality that we need to help people recover uh, from their injuries from a collision as quickly as possible. That's where injured people want to be. They want to be back on their feet. Okay, thank you all, Alan Weinperl, Tom Rakasevic, and Pete Karagiorgis. And people, if I couldn't get to your call, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow, so please call back. This is a big issue, and we will be revisiting it right now. That's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.